Hey folks, Chris Pretoria, head coach, University of Waterloo Warriors football. Thanks for tuning in and listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today we are previewing the upcoming season for the Waterloo Warriors and to help us break down all things Warrior football, we have the head man himself, none other than Coach Chris Pertoya. Coach, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure to be on At The 55. Always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, so I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. And the obvious place to start is the quarterback position. But we know the name. We know what he does. We know all the the magic that Trey Ford brings to the field. But you know a little something about offensive line play. You might might have some experience in that field. <laughs> and your your team's one of the first teams that I've seen release their current roster from, the, from training camp in this coming season. And a few things of note really stood out to me that make me very excited for this year. Seeing names like Greg Brand back on the team, seeing Spencer Andrews, the Curtis brothers. And so while we know what Trey Ford brings to the table and then seeing Ternowski and seeing Pellerin in the CFL and having those losses, but you got a veteran like Brendan Metz at the running back position, those veterans on the O-line. Let's start there. Everyone wants to talk about Trey Ford with your team. What do you think the running game is going to look like for your guys? Well, I, I think the big thing is, is you know, we've always prided ourselves on being a balanced offense. And, and our version of balance is 60-40 passing to run. Um, I believe our run game, if you see some of the things we do in our offense, um, moving body parts, you know, we, we have a combination of both gap and zone schemes. Um, you know, bombering in, bringing other players to try and create multiple gaps. And um, with that, I think it comes down to brass tacks. I've always been, as you said, an O-line guy. Defensive, offensive line, that's the foundation of your football program. So certainly we're excited the fact that, you know, I can say it right now that four-fifths of our starting O-line, three of them are in their sixth year and one of them is in his fifth year. And um, certainly is a potential CFL draft pick. And, and you know, those three three guys on the interior in, in, uh, in Grant Curtis and Greg Brand and Troy Curtis, all three of those guys attended the CFL regional combine too. So, um, you know, we're excited to have those guys. Obviously, running the ball is an important part of the offense. I think it's an important part of the offense to help Trey as well. I mean, obviously teams are going to scheme and, and containing Trey is important and being able to, to get bodies moving, whether we're getting a – a vertical push or a horizontal push of some sort um, and, and having a back in there that can can get downhill and, and get us first downs and, and, and touchdowns. It's, it's important um, in the overall success of our offense. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with our goals, as every team should have high goals right now, our goals of playing in the Yates Cup and, and beyond, um, the weather in Canada is not uh, sometimes can go squirrely on us, right? And you could be playing in a Yates Cup and it could be 60 kilometer winds sideways with snow. And and if you can't run the ball, um, you're not going to win the football game. And I think that's that's an important piece. So certainly we're real excited to have those those guys back, their veteran leadership, not only on the line, but within the offensive unit and in, in our entire locker room is, is very, very important. And, uh, you know, looking for, you know, Messi to have a, you know, Messi's been here for a while too. And, and, uh, and he's, he's certainly um, amped up to, to have a good season. Um, you know, and we've got, we've got a good stable of running backs. We've really been really impressed over the, the first five days of training camp with, with our backfield. It's a heavily, heavily competitive backfield right now. Um, literally met, met with them last night and, and we went over some film, obviously in different periods of the practice from yesterday and, finished off by just saying that, you know, nothing's guaranteed right now. Even, 
Um, obviously, Metz is uh, the veteran and, and the guy. He knows he knows our offense inside out, whether it's the tailback position or, or any other position on the perimeter spot. But um, it's a it's still a competition right now because guys are giving her, and it's uh, it's been a pleasant surprise. That's for sure. Well, and having that veteran presence, and obviously on the defensive side, you're no shortage of of impressive veterans there too. But given the loss of a year of football, everything kind of being condensed, no doubt having guys familiar with the system is such an edge up for you. Um, talking about the competition, you know, one of the things I've been so curious about going into this year for this past uh, year that we've been missing football is that now that we have this, what I've been referring to as the double senior class, double recruiting class, that I imagine competition and on, on top of the fact you just have, you know, maybe upwards of 100 guys just chomping at the bit to play football again for the first time in so long. Like what does it feel different from years past aside from whatever precautions and other, you know, things that are because of COVID have made camp and football a little different. But does it feel a little different knowing that you have these the double senior recruit cohort and, and just guys coming back from over a year of not playing football? Um, I, I'd say that. I, I don't necessarily, it's, it's something we've built the program towards. Um, and obviously it was, you know, last year was, was the hope we were going to be playing and, and it got put on pause for a year, but I think, I think it's really the expectation level um, of our, of our team is very, very high. And obviously we understand that we need to put the necessary work and effort in to, to be able to succeed to our, what we expect. And then we talk about that all the time. Um, you know, obviously super, uh, super amped to always have your guys support just of the entire league, but we're trying to, you know, we only care about what's happening within our own locker room and we're, we're going to deflect the noise um, that's outside uh, because, you know, from six years ago, now we're kind of a team that, that I believe has a little bit of an X on its back. And, and so now that's a whole different animal to play where people are saying, you know, Waterloo in, in a, not all the games, but some of the games, Waterloo's the favorite, right? And we haven't been necessarily used to that. So that's a whole different animal that we, but I think our players, the nice thing, we have 20 players on our roster that are in fifth and sixth year, essentially. Um, some of those sixth year guys have already graduated, but you're, you're not ending their career on COVID. And, and I fully respect that. And I'm happy that they made that choice. Um, but, you know, it's just the expectation level. I think that's the biggest thing. Zach, right now, um, certainly high energy in camp. Um, the competitive juices are flowing. You know, our defense um, is doing really well this camp and having having far more success against our offense that they would have than they would have the last time we suited up. And, and we always stress that we're not competing against each other. We're competing against each other to make each other better um, for our our opponents. Um, but there's certainly been some periods, whether it's score period or team periods or you know, team run or inside run periods where, you know, if, if say there's 10 plays and it's, it's going 50, 50 and uh, you know, sometimes defense is coming out, you know, 60, you know, six to four or whatever it may be seven to three. Sometimes they've had good, really good showings in the first five days. And that's exciting to us too. And I think that's exciting to our offense as well, knowing that um, our defense has certainly prepared themselves and, and we've, we've got some key pieces there at back and some good young additions and, uh, I'm I'm excited for for us to to step on the field and be a complete team now. Well, and I think that's a really great way of framing it because I think when Dakota and I did our way too early preview, you know, obviously the loss of Turnowski Peller and that sticks out on the offense. But as we just discussed, the running game might be a 
sort of it, it might be evened out a little bit on the offensive side and on the defensive side of the ball obviously veterans like uh, Deshaun Jupiter Dean Andy Mello Tyrell in the backfield uh, and then a whole slew of Hintzbergers now at linebacker all back from injury you know it seems like that the whole the team as a whole is a little more complete um, but so we know some of those names that are familiar to us um, but given as we already kind of touched on this sort of double recruit class I imagine there's a lot of young guys stepping up into roles, guys that uh, people listening might not be as familiar with. Who are some guys that might not have been getting reps in years past or who are in their first or what would be their second training camp that have really been uh, showing out that have really impressed the team so far? Well, you know, I think uh, uh, on the defensive side, uh, you know, James Hinsberger, and I know he's the name, the Hinsbergers, but he's playing Sam linebacker and he, he is uh Every bit as publicized, he's big, athletic, fast, you name it, has great football instincts, as does the whole family. Um, you know, depending on what we go out with, I'm not going to spill any beans, but <laughs> if we do have a 34 defense, you know, there's a there's a good likelihood that three out of those four linebackers will be the Hinsberger <laughs> brothers. So you can expect a backyard brawl with those guys, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, on the defensive line, you know, um, some guys that have really stepped their game up. He had a very good freshman season in 19, Trayvon Halstead. Um, he's put a lot of work in, and and he's looking really good. Uh, Michael Perrick is a guy that, uh, you know, he's a, big, a veteran, but, you know, he's lost some weight, and he's gotten stronger, and he's a great leader, and and, and he's older now. And I think uh, the experiences, he got pushed around a little bit in his younger days, and now I think that experience, you know, when you, it comes to fruition when you're older, we're expecting big things from him and and – a young guy is, is Destin Croft. Okay, Destin is an explosive, six foot four, two hundred eighty pounder. Uh, played at football North, super athlete. I mean, he can throw it off the backboard and windmill dunk. It's it's pretty excited about him. And and uh, we had Marshall Asakpunu who transferred from not transferred but post grad. Uh, he completed his degree at Mount Allison, and he's here now taking post grad studies, taking some courses. Um, he's been outstanding. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, Excited about some of those guys, especially on defense. Um, offensively, you know, in the run in the backfield, uh, Anthony Miller, uh, running back out of St. Rock in Brampton, um, big 6'1", 215, athletic, fluid, can release out of the backfield, catch the ball well, runs. You know, it's uh, he's been doing quite well. The the name that uh, in the receiving core, obviously you got Gordon Lom, um, you know, and and Rashawn Dagelman's returning. Um, but the James Basaliga, he's uh, he's a guy that came out uh, a little bit towards uh, the end of the the nineteen season. Um, started to make a name for himself late in the season, and and uh, he's looked uh, every bit the part. And and certainly, uh, you know, Tyler's you know the probably the best receiver this football program's ever had. Um, but James is trying to fill those shoes and he's working his tail off and, and he's certainly uh, had some, some great catches and, and, and he's doing a great job, um, you know, in the, in that role of trying to replace Tyler. Um, and so I'm excited about him. He, he's a name that, you know, he's going to have a lot of catches and a lot of yards and people might go where this guy come from. And, and so, uh, that's a guy that uh, we're excited about as well. When I, moving over towards the schedule, and I when I spoke with Coach Folds from Water uh, from Laurier, I asked him about this, and also when I spoke with Trey recently, I asked him something similar. When we have now with the way the conference is split, East and West, and the six game season where we're now getting two, I mean one battle of Waterloo, but I mean we're getting the two matchups with you guys and the Golden Hawks. In your estimation, does that 
amplify the rivalry at all or does it water it down at all knowing that in years past you only might get the one shot at them whereas now it's like well if it doesn't go our way in the first one we'll get at them again how have you kind of internalized that or is it just another game on the schedule for you i mean the battle of waterloo is certainly the if you look at the last two games uh competed in 18 and 19 they were they're pretty darn good. I mean, we won an 18 at their place, 34-32, and Tarnowski scored an 80-yard touchdown late uh, under a minute and a half, and then triple overtime last year, 2019. That, we don't need to go over the result. <laughs> that was a heck of, you know, it's just like, yeah. you know, um, obviously we've got them week two, and, and we have nothing but respect for our cross-street rivals and, and you know, Coach Falls and those players. And I think, I mean, Funnily enough, you know, some of those high school fields that are around here, St. David's in particular, there was a lot of time where I think a lot of the, the Laurie and Waterloo players were out working on the same field, whether they're competing against each other in one-on-ones and all that kind of stuff, essentially making each other better. I, I certainly think there's a, a rivalry there. Um, you know, the lust, it, it's kind of like the Battle of Waterloo game. I, I did listen to your way too in advance <laughs> predictions or whatever uh, podcast there. Sorry if I screwed up the name of it, but uh, um, you know, it, yeah, I think anytime you play Laurier for us anyways, I can only speak to what we believe. Um, it's a battle of Waterloo. It's important to have bragging rights um, within your own city and in, in region. And um, you know, obviously the first game's the most important game, um, you know, that's against Windsor. And then week two, we got Laurier in the Battle of Waterloo. And then um, you never know when you come down to week six, um, that that Battle of Waterloo could be for getting into the playoffs and or for seedings in the playoffs. So there's going to be something at stake in both games. Um, if it ends up one and one or it ends up two and oh or oh and two. Um, you know, obviously we want the two and O piece, but, uh, that's our expectation, but certainly we got to put a lot of work in and then, you know, and you never know, you can have a third, third matchup in the, in the playoffs too. So, you know, I don't know about devalue. I, I certainly get, I understand when it's kind of, I know Ottawa and Carlton are similar. It's kind of, you know, which one's the actual game. Um, I think they're all important. Um, and I think that the, there's there's certainly going to be the Battle of Waterloo at stake, the, the initial bragging rights early in the season. And then, I like I said already, I think there's going to be that that playoff season, uh, you know, that's going to be on the line when it comes down to that game in, in week six here at Warrior Field. Oh, it's it's going to be incredible to see. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm certain of it. I'd put money on it. That's going to be import, an important game in the playoff seating. And you mentioned starting the season off with Windsor, which, you know, when we look at that west side of the, of the OUA, you know, with no disrespect towards them, probably towards, you know, one of the weaker teams that we'd see in there. But they always play you guys tough in the last few years that we've seen. And then, as you mentioned, it's Laurier Week 2. Then you're at Mac, you're at Guelph, you're home for Western, home for Laurier. So it really, there's no breaks in that schedule. So I guess the last thing I kind of want to ask about is, given that it's this sprint of a season that obviously health is going to be paramount and there's obviously going to be luck involved in that. Is there any way that you guys are preparing for this year that's a little different from others? knowing that it is more of a sprint than the traditional year or is it just business as usual um you know training camps been we've we've been running power practices pretty long ones you know eight till 8 a.m till 11 45 in the morning and and uh, we've been getting after it pretty good um but but in the afternoons we're having recovery periods with mobility yoga stuff we're, we're being very proactive we've certainly talked to our guys 
um, with our athletic therapy staff, our strength and conditioning staff in regards to it is a sprint and, and it's, you know, it's imperative that you stay healthy. I hate saying the word because sometimes I think we curse ourselves by saying it. We all know we need to stay healthy. Um, but yeah, we're doing some of the extra stuff that we need to do. Um, I think it's important. And I think we put a precedence on it with our players to, to really magnify that, um, that they need to take care of their bodies, you know, and uh, be communicate, you know, communication's a key factor in that. And, uh, you know, especially for some of these old dogs, you know, when you got 25th and six year old guys, you know, yesterday I got approached by a couple trying to pull the vet card. And I told them, <laughs> I said, I'm 45. You guys are still young. Put your helmet and shoulder pads on and let's go kind of deal. But we can limit reps on some guys too. And, and uh, you know, obviously uh, it's, it's a, it's a huge piece and it's not just our team. It's, it's every team. And you yeah. know, the West conference, as you said, it's, it's tough. Like our schedule is tough, you know, and Windsor's is real tough too. They got to play Western twice and, you know, and, and, and some of the other teams in the West, uh, you know, I'll say it out loud. I'm still not sure how Guelph and Laurier aren't playing when they're 20 minutes from each other, but I didn't make the schedule. <laughs> um, that being said, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly going to be a tough conference and all we can be concerned about is ourselves and preparing ourselves for, for each opponent and, and Windsor, you know, um, they're going to be excited. I know coach JP Cercelli, I coached uh, JP at, in his last year of high school. That was my first coaching game. Uh, London Catholic Central is where I went. Uh, the defensive line coach, Mr. Mike Cercelli, is my mentor. He's my high school coach. That's Cercelli family. They're royalty. And, and uh, I know what kind of people they are. They, are. Um, they do things the right way. I know they're building something special over there. They've done a really good job recruiting. And, uh, you know, you, you're right. I told our guys already uh, in one team meeting, they – we needed a last minute drive to drive the field and, and Jonas Latinsky kicked the 37 yarder with no time on the clock. And, and uh, we battled uh, against those guys hard. Um, and they certainly are going to have high expectations. And, and if, if anything, um, I think, you know, for them, and I told our guys this, and, and this is going to be on, on the podcast, but they're looking at that game to make their season. I mean, it's a trap. I, it's and I, I say a trap game with no disrespect, but um, they don't know the Windsor coaching staff like I know the Windsor coaching staff. So I'm trying to educate them on what kind of programs being built there. And we uh, certainly know we're going to be in a dogfight with Windsor um, come the 18th at 6 p.m. And and I think we're going to be in a dogfight every week. And I'm excited to see uh, all the games how they transpire in the West. Well, that makes two of us, and in particular, I'm looking forward to seeing, well, I guess we'll call it part one of the Battle of Waterloo, week two, in person, because um, I am definitely planning to be there, barring whatever, however it breaks down with people being allowed to come into the games. Hopefully, uh, we are able to attend, as well as the uh, community, which I'm sure is so excited in the Hopefully KW. Hopefully, the OEDA gives you guys a media pass. Do you need me to lobby for you, or what? Uh, well, we can talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> Coach, thank you so much as always for joining us uh, today and letting us in on some of the uh, secret sauce happening over with the Waterloo Warriors. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. <laughs>